and welcome back to the Amazing Seller Podcast. My name is Scott Volker, and this is episode number six. And today, I'm going to be talking about five tips for finding and sourcing products to private label and not get scammed. This is a very, very uh, popular topic on the Facebook group, but uh, it's also something that I think can be very important to share because uh, I think there's some simple things that you can do to make sure that you cover yourself. So this way here, you can reduce the amount of risks. It's also something that I think a lot of people get hung up on because uh, it's kind of scary, right? So if you're going to be sourcing something from China, it's, it's a little bit scary. Now, these things will kind of apply if you're doing USA base uh, type supplying stuff, but for the most part, it's people sourcing um, from China or overseas. So I'm just going to give you my take on it. I'm going to give you my criteria, my guidelines on how I kind of do things. Um, before we do, though, I just did want to recognize that you guys are just freaking awesome. And the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, we've had over 3,000 downloads so far, which is amazing. Uh, I've also had 18, uh, let's see, 18 feedback uh, I think over 15 reviews um, for the iTunes channel, that is. That's not for Stitcher. Uh, that's for iTunes. So uh, I just want to say thank you. And I actually wanted to read two of them. They're shorter ones. I, I, there's some other ones that are longer, which I want to, I wish I could, you know, read all of them to everyone, but I don't want to, you know, bore you or seem as though I'm boasting. But uh, let me just, uh, th these two were kind of cool just because they're short, but just a couple of things. So uh, the first one was my new go to guy. Cannot wait for the next. All five stars. And the name is, uh, I'm going to try to, this is like a, a screen name, Haya Bussa Girl. <laughs> so if I screwed that totally up, it's actually Haya Bussa Girl 12. All right. So whatever that is, that was, uh, that was a recent one. But here's what she said, or he said, or I think it's a she, it says, it says girl in there. Um, finally, a no secrets hidden, tell it all, help you get started dude on the scene here. Yay us. <laughs> all capitals, you know, Y-A-A-A-A-S-S, -S, explanation point, explanation point. Yay us. So maybe that's going to be our new call word on this show. When we hear something really good, we should go, yay us. Uh, we can do something like that. And the other one that I wanted to share was uh, from Mark Zilberman. And uh, he said, the real deal. And then he says, the amazing sellers and amazing educator, no fluff, to the point, actionable. He's the beans. I like that. I'm the beans, man. Uh, no, anyway, that was there were just a couple funny ones, and I love reading these. Uh, they inspire me to keep doing these because I know they're they're creating value for others out there. And uh, I mean, I've received so many emails, uh, so many people posting on the blog that I created, the little mini blog. It's uh, theamazingseller.com. If you want to go over there, leave me a question or just leave a comment on one of the episodes, uh, you can do that. But I just wanted to kind of highlight that and just say that I really appreciate it. But here's the one thing I do want to say. There's been over 3,000 downloads and only 18 of you went over there and left me a review. Come on, let's, uh, let's make this official. Go on over there. Leave me a review. I'd really appreciate it. All right? Come on. All right. Anyway, all joking aside, let's kind of get into this episode. Uh, what I do want to go over here, like I said, was uh, sourcing the product. Now, we already talked about how to find the product, how to do your product research and all that stuff, and you really need to spend a lot of time on that. If you listen to, I think it was episode number five, it was episode five with uh, Troy Peterson, he said that 
the outsourcing part, you know, or the finding the supplier part was probably one of the most difficult. And I do agree. Uh, I think the research is, is not difficult, but it should take some time. And then the finding the supplier is the next, uh, the next thing, obviously, that you have to do. And it can take some time because remember, if you are sourcing in China, there's 12 hours difference. So, at least for some of you, at least it is for me. So when, when I send something, you know, like at five o'clock at, at night, my time, it's five o'clock in the morning, their time. And, uh, you know, if you aren't up late, you can't really communicate back and forth with these people. So I'm going to share with you uh, kind of like a rough email that I sent to all the suppliers. And it's kind of like a generic one that I can custom tailor. So this way here, I can kind of get all of the questions, the back and forth stuff that most people have to keep going back and forth. And I did in the beginning too. And this way here, it'll cut down on that time because what's going to happen if you don't know this stuff, you're going to send out just a regular email saying, I'm interested in this product. Can you tell me a little bit more about it or can it come in this color? And you're going to, you're going to miss out on a lot of the questions that could save the back and forth back and forth thing. So um, yeah, anyway, let's uh, let's kind of dive into this stuff. Uh, so the very first thing is, depending on where you're sourcing, the biggest one out there right now is Alibaba. Uh, and if you haven't heard about that yet, you just did. And you should look it up. It's alibaba.com. And of course, I'll leave a, a show note uh, page here for this. And you can, you can find that over there at episode six. And uh, you know, basically, you're going to go there. That is where you are going to be researching uh, to see if you can find a supplier. And also, if you find a product that you've been researching on Amazon, you probably, once you kind of get yourself to where you think that you want to go with that, you probably want to head over to Alibaba and just do a quick search and see if there's products that they're creating over there. Most of the time, there is. And if there isn't, you can find something similar, and a lot of times, they can custom make something for you. Maybe a little bit more expensive because they have to custom make something, but it's a one-time fee usually, and then from there, you kind of have uh, you know, your own uh, product that no one else is going to be selling. But I don't really necessarily need that, uh, but I just want to let you know that they can customize things. So step one is you have to go to Alibaba, and you have to kind of just do some searching over there, all right? And you have to you know, you have to understand that platform or that uh, search engine, really, because it's really a search engine for suppliers. So step one, visit Alibaba. Simple, right? Uh, that's the one that I'm going to I'm gonna say that you should go check out, at least to get familiar with things, okay? Step number two is going to be searching for your product, but you're going to be using some filters. Now, if you look at the top, at least while I'm recording this, they're at the top. Um, they have a new thing called Trade Assurance, Okay, and what that basically is, is uh, Alibaba is uh, making them or not making them, they can actually have it. The company has to uh, basically acquire this and they can put a, a number on it as to how much assurance, uh, it's basically like insurance, uh, to where they will say like, you know, if there was something wrong with an order or something, they're giving out insurance up to $25,000 or whatever. It's a way to protect you because there has been issues in the past and Alibaba wants to make it where it's going to be able to protect you. It's going to be able to protect the supplier. Okay. So that's one thing you want to check that box. Now, if you wanted to try to search without the trade assurance, you can, you'll probably get more results, but then it's also going to uh, make it a little bit more risky. So I always tell people from the get go, start with these filters that I'm going to recommend. And then if you aren't getting enough results or enough, you know, uh, enough, you know, suppliers coming back, then what you'll want to do is you'll want to, at that point, 
you know, maybe uncheck some of the ones that you don't feel are as important. Or from there, you can kind of even ask them if they can do different types of payments or maybe a little bit more about their, their company. But here's the ones to check. Trade assurance, gold supplier, and a gold supplier, at least the way that I understand it, is they have to pay a yearly fee to be on Alibaba as a gold supplier. And then you'll see how many years they've been a gold supplier. So they may have been been a gold supplier for two years. They might have been one for nine years. Uh, And obviously, the longer, the better, because that means that they've had a good reputation. So it's kind of like an Amazon platform as far as reviews and feedback and these badges and stuff to make you feel uh, more trust in the supplier that you're picking. Um, The other one is on-site check, and this means that there's been a representative from Alibaba uh, or a third-party company that has checked the manufacturing uh, of this or the facility and that it's legit. It's not just a sweatshop uh, down in someone's basement, all right? So it's actually a factory. Um, And then assessed supplier, and that one there, I haven't really used that much, but it's just another filter to where now that they've been assessed, they've been looked at a little bit finer, Um, but the three main ones would be trade assurance, gold supplier, and on-site check. Um, And then if I was to then, if I didn't get enough results, I might then uh, uncheck the on-site check and then just go with trade assurance and gold supplier. Um, That's my filters. Okay, play around with these. And again, they're just giving you, uh, you know, a more refined search. So that's step number two. All right. Step number three, which is very important, is once you find these suppliers, you're going to see contact supplier. There's a little a little button there that you have to click, and then you're going to write them an email through Alibaba, okay? And what you're going to basically want to do here is you're going to want to try to cover all of the questions that you think would kind of go back and forth, back and forth to save yourself time, like I was saying earlier. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you have like certain questions that you're going to project you're going to have after they come back to you, you're going to want to ask them up front. And I'm going to give you some examples here. I actually, uh, let me see here. I'm going to scroll down on my screen here. Um, I actually put together about seven questions, okay, that I'm going to ask. So I'm going to read this to you, and this is kind of how it would sound in a sense. And obviously, you custom tailor this, but you'll get the gist. You'll get the idea, all right? So basically, hi, my name is blank, you know, John Doe, and I'm the purchasing agent for XYZ. Now, the reason why you want to say purchasing agent is because now you can be a buffer, okay? If if you guys want to negotiate price in the future or something on the product or shipping, you can say, I need to go back to my company and I need to discuss this with either the finance uh, department or whatever, right? And then this way here, you're just like that middleman, but you're the purchasing agent. You're the one doing all the purchasing, all right? So it's very important that you present yourself like that and you don't just present yourself like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm starting to sell on Amazon. You don't want to do that, all right? So, hi, my name is uh, John Doe, and I'm the purchasing agent for XYZ Company, okay? And uh, like I said, you want to write it like you're a company, okay? Uh, and then from there, you're going to say, uh, you know, I this is what I usually say, um, your product looks uh, like it might be something we'd be interested in adding to our product line. We're currently interviewing new suppliers, and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like more information about XYZ, right, or whatever product. Okay, I have a few questions. One, and and it's important that you put these in order, like with a number, because I've noticed a pattern that when they send me back an email, it'll they'll copy number one and then give the answer. They'll copy number two, give an answer. So it's kind of nice to have like you know a line item uh, in a sense to where they'll have to answer these questions. So number one, do you offer samples and how much 
including DHL Express shipping to United States, zip code 89078 or whatever the zip code is, right? And the reason why you want to do that is A, you want to know how much a sample is. And a lot of times they will say that the sample is uh, free, but they charge shipping. And I'm going to go off a little bit on topic here because, well, it's it's related to this, is there's been some discussion in the Facebook group and just other places that I've seen that people are all up in arms like, wow, they want to charge me $30 for a little tiny item or they want to charge me $50 for this, this lightweight, you know, small thing. You know, they're saying they give it to me for free, but they're making money on shipping. The truth is... If you're going to get this DHL or uh, you know UPS and it's going to be express because that's really the only way that they ship it and you want to get it fast, it's going to cost between thirty dollars and fifty or between thirty and fifty dollars probably, and uh, and even if it didn't, even if it costs twenty five and they're going to you know get paid for their sample, who cares? All right, who cares? If you're going into this as a business and you're getting samples. Let's just say that you want to test five different products from five different suppliers, and let's say it costs you $50 uh, to get your samples sent to you, DHL Express. And by the way, from China, they're getting to my house, my office, my home office here, in about three days, all right, DHL Express. And it's costing between, depending on the, the sample and the manufacturer, it's between $30 and $50. Well, let's just say it's $50 times five, that's $250 to basically Feel, touch, use, and see the item that you're possibly thinking of private labeling. So don't fret that stuff. It's part of business, all right? Now, some of you listening to this maybe, uh, you know, purchased a, a high-end course that I'm not going to mention here that was like three, $4,000. Don't squabble about $250, all right? I mean, $250 to get your samples to see if it's something you're going to be able to brand is, is, to me, is very cheap. And time is money. I want to get that thing so I can get this thing moving. All right, so that's just my take on that, my little rant. Sorry about that, but I had to do it. All right, number two, okay, is how long to receive two samples, okay? Because now they're going to say, yeah, we can ship it, but how long? They might say we can ship it out tomorrow. It'll take a couple days, whatever, right? And then number three, can we pay using PayPal? Very important. A lot of these companies want you to do a wire transfer, and don't do it. All right. Uh, I will not do a wire transfer. Uh, I will not use uh, any of those services. Uh, I'm only going to use PayPal or I'm going to use a credit card. And we're going to talk about that when you do place the main order. A lot of them don't want to use PayPal because it costs a fee, you know, for them. Uh, and there's ways to get around this that you can you can kind of sweeten the deal for them a little bit. And I'll tell you that in a minute. But you know, basically, for example, most of them will take PayPal because it's a small purchase. They're willing to, to kind of eat the fee. All right, so number three, can we pay using PayPal? Number four, can we change the color, question mark, or whatever, right? Can we, uh, you know, can we have this sewn here? Can we add something here? Or can we uh, get uh, two different shapes? Whatever your questions are, ask them here, okay? So that's number four. And again, you know, you don't want to go too deep in the questions, just kind of something that's obvious that you want to know. Like, you know, for a product that we just released, you know, I wanted to know if it came in different colors. And if it did, what are they? So it might be like, can we change the color? Question mark. And then, you know, uh, what colors do you have available that I can choose from? Whatever. All right. And then number five, can we brand with our logo? Okay. So that would be very important because we want to white label it or private label it. So of course, we want to go ahead and get that thing branded. So then again, they're going to be able to know that firsthand because you're asking it, right? So number six, 
what is the cost per unit, including shipping by DHL Air Express to United States, and then give them the zip code, 89076, whatever it is, right? And once again, I just want to say, this is why it's important to continue to, to ask these questions because you're giving them a list and all they have to do is just answer them. They're not going to assume that you want to know these. So it's very important that you do that. All right. And then you want to say, actually, you know what? There's another question. Here. There's eight. Um, how long for manufacturing once we place an order? Okay. So how long is it going to take? So if I get the sample, I like it. I send you a payment. Okay. How long is it going to take? Some manufacturers say 20 days, some say 25, 30, 35, but you want to know this, all right? Uh, and uh, and then from there, you want to also ask, and this is the eighth question I screwed up because I didn't label them right on my little cheat sheet here, um, do you accept escrow payments? Very important, okay? Very, very important. So there's two things I want to mention here. When you're looking for a supplier, okay, there's a little spot there that they say payment type. And uh, I didn't see a way to, to, uh, to filter it, but all I do is I scan the suppliers. And sometimes you'll find a supplier that doesn't even say that they do escrow, but they will do it if you ask them. So even if you find a supplier that you really like, but they don't, you don't see that they offer escrow services, uh, you might want to still send them one of these emails, and then they can answer yes or no. And if they say no, then you can just cancel them and don't even use them. All right. But the escrow is so important because it's basically taking the money once you send it into the escrow, which is escrow. Uh, the escrow account is within Alibaba. What's great about that is you are basically allowing them to take your money. OK, uh, Alibaba. And then from there, they are holding it until you are happy. OK, and you have to confirm that you want that money released, okay? So this is kind of how it works, uh, and this is how it has worked for me, and this is the only way that I'll do it, okay? Um, I will say to the uh, supplier, once we get to that part, uh, I'll be like, okay, I want to go ahead with the order. I want to pay you 30% down to place the order and 70% when order is complete, all right? So 30% goes in escrow, all right, so it's held there. They start the order. They know if they produce the order, I'm going to release that money because I have to release that money in order to get the product, okay? But step two, the 70% that you're they're waiting on, you're going to basically release that once you receive the products, okay? Some people think, at least this has been in my experience, some people think that uh, you're going to hit, you know, you're going to confirm the order and the money's going to be released before they even ship it and then they're going to go ahead and run away with your money. That's not the case. You're basically going to get the inventory, you're going to be able to check it over and then you're going to confirm the order, all right? So it works the same thing though for them. They're taking a little bit of risk with the escrow because what if you get the stuff and you say, meh, I don't like it. They're probably not going to make you ship it back, and the thing is, they're going to be out the money, but here's the thing. Alibaba also protects the suppliers, so now they're going to have a, a case against you, and then you're going to have to battle that. So, obviously, don't do this in reverse what we're talking about here. Don't try to scam them, and I know you probably won't, but I just have to mention that. 
you know, don't try to reverse this to try to scam over a supplier. Plus, you'd ru- you would ruin a relationship. Um, but that's really how the escrow works. That's why I like that so much. All right, and you can use a credit card because it's done through their payment processor. So if you have a credit card that uh, you want to use, and let's say that you get a one percent cash back, well, you can get a one percent on whatever you spend. Uh, so that's a little uh, incentive there to do it. So there's a lot of benefits to that. But like I said, some companies don't want to use escrow because there is a fee included. Now, here's what I've done, because the company that I was dealing with didn't really want to use the escrow for larger orders. They would for smaller orders, but not larger orders. So what I did is I said, why don't we split the escrow payment or the escrow fee? So it might be $250 for uh, you know $7,000 worth of product. I'll split that with you. You, you pay 125 and I'll pay 125 And you know what? They agreed. But you want to hear something? If they didn't agree, I still would have paid the $250 because it's like insurance for me, right? If, they, if I paid and I didn't have this escrow and then for some reason their product didn't get delivered, I'm out the money, okay? And there's a lot, you know, I'm not, it's going to take a lot to, to, be, uh, to basically be, have to, you know, fight that. So... That's why the escrow thing is so important. So look at that almost as an insurance policy. Again, build it into your price. Same thing with samples. Same thing with how much it costs to get shipped. Because some people will say, well, Scott, I can have a 1,000 units shipped by boat, and it only costs me 30 cents a unit. But I can have it shipped by DHL Air, and it might cost $1.50 or $2 a unit to ship. But the difference is, you get that product in three to four, maybe five days at the latest versus a boat. It's going to take 30 to 35 days on top of the manufacturing. So you're talking at almost a two-month window. And a lot of times with using uh, the boat you know, method, uh, you're going to basically have to hire a freight forwarder, which then that's going to cost a little bit of money. And it's another thing that can kind of get in the way. So me personally, I don't look into products that I can't ship by air. So if the, if the if the cost doesn't make sense, you know, if I do the math and I figure, okay, the product's going to cost me $3, it's going to cost me $1.50 for shipping, and it's going to cost me for the, you know, let's say the uh, the escrow, uh, an extra 100 bucks. I figure that all in. What's my unit cost? My unit cost is 5 bucks. What can I sell it for? I can sell it for 20 do it all day long. And I don't think about that I'm paying $1.50 for the, the DHL Express. I don't think about that. But that's what people do. They go, I don't like paying a dollar fifty for that unit per, you know, per unit. I don't want to do that. I I want to go by, and then you're just going to complicate things. So me personally, I don't mind paying that, and I only look for items that I can ship DHL Air. Okay, that's just me. Okay, and again, I'm telling you what I do. So that's really the eight steps there. All right. Now the other thing that you want to finish with in this in this email is you want to say something like this. Our first order of 500 will be a small test order. And in the future, we'll be ordering between 1,500 to 5,000 units. Okay. Now you may have seen that their minimum uh, quantity, okay, their MOQ is 3,000 units. Don't let that stop you and basically make it so you don't send in a request or a a contact, uh, you know, for this manufacturer. Because what'll happen is a lot of times they will do a run like this because they know that in the future you may do more. So like I had said there, our first order of 500 will be a small test order and in the future we'll be ordering between 1,000 to 5,000 units. So for them, they're still getting a small order, but 
you know, and they're willing to work with you, but then in the future, you're kind of giving them a little bit of an incentive and saying that we will be ordering more if this works out. All right. So very important. Um, I've done this to all of uh, the suppliers that I kind of interview and there's some that come back and go, sorry, our minimum is 3000. And you know what I do? I click delete. And I just forget about them. And I deal with the ones that are willing. And most of them, I got to I gotta admit, most of the ones that I've contacted are willing to do the smaller orders to start. I've even had one that would do as little as 300 pieces. Uh, so it, it can be out there if you want to, um, if you want to do a little bit more of the, uh, you know, the contacting, cause you have to just reach out there. And my rule is I like to contact like 20 suppliers all in one rip. So I can just, you know, create the email, copy and paste it and then send it to, uh, 20 different suppliers. All right. So you're going to close the, uh, the email with just, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. And then your name, you're going to sign it, John Doe. And then under that, you're going to put XYZ, XYZ kitchen goods, purchasing agent, or whatever your company's name is purchasing agent, you know, making them aware that you're the purchasing agent. All right. So there you have it. Now, you may need to uh, rewind this uh, and take some notes. So uh, that's pretty much the email. Now, that's not all the steps, right? There's uh, still two more steps. And that sounded like a lot, but I just I kind of read through that email in a sense. But really, what you want to do here is on number four, step number four, is you want to respond back to the ones that responded and you want to ask them more questions. What we're doing here is we're, we're kind of interviewing them Okay, and we're seeing how responsive they are. If you ask another question back and it takes them three days to get back to you, you might not want to deal with that supplier. Okay, because then you know that it's going to be a battle to get an answer back and forth. I've got two suppliers right now that I can send a, a question to, uh, like right now, let's see, uh, at the time I'm recording this, it's 11.40 a.m. I'd send that to them right now. And they'll probably email me back, uh, you know, later on tonight. Okay, I'll have an email. I'll have an email within twelve hours, uh, depending on when I I do send that. So, you know, you you just you want to have that. It's like a little test where you're you're putting something out there and waiting for them to to send something back. Troy Peterson had said too, like, you know, he would receive some people that say, yeah, we can do that. Like if I sent this whole thing and then all the response was, yeah, we we can do that, you know, and that's it. That's not a supplier that you're going to want to deal with. So you, you have to use a little bit of common sense with this too, all right? So step number four was respond back to the ones that responded and ask more questions and then see how quick they get back to you on those follow-up questions. And then five, you're going to want to order and wait for the product, okay? Now, I kind of jumped ahead there a little bit in between four and five. I'm assuming that this is after you ordered your samples and that you've, you know, you've looked at it and you've inspected it and then you've maybe said you want to do some changes. So that's that correspondence that you're doing. You're responding back with, with step number four. That's your responding back and forth to kind of see when you're going to ship your sample, the payment terms on that and, and all that good stuff. But then once you get that all done, the last step really is ordering and waiting for the product. And that usually is going to take 20 to 35 days, depending on the manufacturer. And that's why you want to know how long it takes to place or after you place the order, how long it takes to create the product. 
so very, very important. So usually it's about 20 to 25 days, but I've seen them as high as 35 days, and that's why you want to know up front. And again, here we go back to the shipping. If you have something created in 20 days and they can ship it, well, if it ships DHL Air, you'll have that uh, either in your warehouse or your home office where you can then ship it to FBA, or you can have it directly shipped to FBA from uh, China, and it'll, again, three to four days. Uh if you're talking doing the boat avenue because you have an oversized product or because you just want to save money like 50 cents or a dollar uh, per unit and you want to wait, well, then you got to add about another 30 days to that time. So in this case, if it was 20 days, it'd be 50 days. If it was 35 days, it'd be 65 days. Again, these are ballpark numbers, but it takes a lot longer to get it by boat, all right? And there's more logistics involved. So if you're just starting, especially, you know, I would not recommend going down that route. I'd find a product that you can ship that's lighter uh, and is a smaller size, all right? So that's pretty much it. I know I rambled a little bit and got off topic a little bit, um, and I'm looking at my notes here. I could probably, you know what I'll do? I'll go ahead and I will copy and paste what I have here for notes. Obviously, I'll have to clean them up a little bit, and I'll put these um, in the show notes of this episode. All right, and uh, this is episode number six, and uh, you can find them if you just go to the blog at theamazingseller.com, and you look for episode number six, and uh, I'll put these in there for you, so it just gives you a little bit of a guide, and you didn't have to take, maybe you didn't take notes, you're listening to it in the car. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll do that for you. Um, but that's pretty much it. That's exactly what you want to do here. And, uh, you know, just remember, this is an important stage, but it's also important that you start creating this relationship because I have a relationship with one of my suppliers right now. And even if she doesn't offer the service that I want or the product that I want, she'll kind of guide me and tell me other manufacturers that I should contact. So it's almost like she's like my sourcing agent now, in a sense. Uh, so... It's just something to build those relationships with these suppliers. And uh, and also, the other thing I didn't mention is you want to also see how their English is when you're going back and forth with them. You can tell in the email. It's not going to be perfect, but at least if you can understand them back and forth and they can understand your questions, um, that's, a, that's a helpful uh, hint or tip as well. So uh, you definitely want to look into that. So... That's pretty much it. You know, just do your uh, your homework, your research, and then from there, start to look into your your sourcing of the product. And then once you uh, you get th- those two things done, you know, discovering your product, but then finding uh, a supplier. Then from there, it's a matter of getting it listed. And again, we'll be talking about that in future episodes. But this here will definitely definitely uh, give you a head start and really minimize the amount of time going back and forth with a supplier. All right. So once again, I just want to thank everyone for all the positive uh, comments, the feedback, the iTunes reviews. Uh, If you are listening to this and you haven't left a review yet, please go over there and leave a review if you think this show is adding value to you or anyone else that you know. Um, And that's the other thing. Share it with other people on other groups. If you're in other Facebook groups, you know, let's get the word out. Uh, You know, let's, let's try to go out there and help more people. And, you know, I'm of the belief that, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and and give out this information and then all of a sudden everyone in the world is going to now dominate Amazon. I know that the average person is going to listen to this stuff. They're going to like it. They're going to think it's great ideas, but they're just not going to take action for whatever reason. There could be just things in their life that aren't going to allow it, or maybe it's just there's not enough uh, money to do it at this time, uh, or maybe they're just not motivated, but they like hearing about this stuff for whatever reason. Um, that's why I'm not 
afraid to share this information because I know that I can at least help one or 2% of people change their life and do something that they actually love to do and be doing something like this, like having a podcast. That's not anything I'm making money with right now, but I'm enjoying doing it because I have an Amazon business and I have an information product business that allows me to work from home. And here I am doing something that I genuinely enjoy and that's reaching out interviewing people, talking to people, sharing uh, ideas, uh, you know, drilling down into this business because it's so amazing, uh, you know, and that's really what this will allow you to do. So again, I'm rambling, but I just, I just want to let you know that this information is all that you really need in order to take the steps to launch your Amazon business. So once again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this has brought value to you. If you have any questions, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can ask me one there. I've got a bunch of questions there, by the way, too, that I got to get to and I'm going to do future episodes with. So if, I, if you did ask a question there and I haven't answered you, um, I will. I try to respond there with a, uh, you know, a, a text in a sense, or writing you back. But uh, if I didn't, I apologize. I might've missed it, but I'll try to go through them and create some podcasts in the future that are going to answer them in great detail. All right. And uh, once again, do me a favor, head over to iTunes, leave me a review. That would be awesome. And that would make this a relationship official. All right. Talk to you later. Take care.